Welcome to the Lost Sierra Stories podcast, produced by the Sierra Institute for Community and Environment. My name is Nina Martin, the Communications Coordinator at Sierra Institute, and your host for this podcast. We wanted to start this podcast to capture stories about the resiliency and challenges facing people in our rural area during COVID-19, both to capture this time in history and to keep us connected as a community. In this podcast, we will explore stories of our local economy, the arts, healthcare, food systems, education, and more. We're starting the series by focusing on education, as it's one of the more impacted systems struggling to maintain balance during this pandemic. We will be exploring what education looks like and how it's working now that it has suddenly been flipped on its head in the middle of the semester, no less, to remote and virtual learning here in Plumas County. This is the second episode of the Lost Sierra Stories podcast. Last week, I interviewed Christy Warren, the assistant superintendent at Plymouth Unified School District. It was a great interview, very interesting, laid the foundation for how the district kind of went virtual and remote. So if you haven't already, make sure to give that a listen. But today I'm interviewing Helen Limna, a fifth grade teacher at Quincy Elementary School. Welcome, Helen. Do you want to introduce yourself and give me your title? Hi, Nina. Sure. So I'm Helen Lemna, and I teach fifth grade at Quincy Elementary School. All right. So tell me a little bit about your initial reactions and feelings when coronavirus was ramping up and then kind of leading to the school closures. Kind of just take me through, you know, your internal thought processes and then also what you had to do, I guess, externally to, to make this all work. Yeah, so at first, I think it was a little hard to believe, like, is this really happening in Plymouth County? And then um, as it got uh, closer to actually deploying, you know, with the students having to stay home, um, I just realized that was definitely a reality. And um, curiously, I kind of thrive on novelty. So there was a bit of a sense of excitement, like, oh, how are we going to make this work? And um you know, this is totally different. I've never done anything like that. And so there was actually a bit of a sense of twisted excitement, you might say. So now that you've been doing this for, well, almost two months now, I think, at least a, yeah, a month and a half, what are some of the, the challenges that you faced and how have you, you know, dealt with them? Well, the biggest and most glaring challenge is uh, lack of consistent internet connection. So we are pretty much working on fumes, you might say, much of the time. And uh, that gets tricky, particularly when we try to do the Zoom meetings because they do use quite a bit of bandwidth and students have to shut off their videos and sometimes even then their voice is uh, super digitalized. So is that whole internet connection is the main obstacle. What about the the curriculum that you are using? I mean, did you kind of start up right where you left off or have you done different things or what has that looked like as far as just continuing the school year? Well, that part has actually been good because it has given us a chance to explore different things. And so uh, I'm doing kind of a blended program where the students do some things that they have done before the math piece, for instance, you know, they do Zern, which is an online program that follows our Eureka math to a T. And then I actually chose to do porch delivery. So my students would have their workbooks and mostly because I didn't want them online the entire time. 
And so I do a blended program and it has given me a chance to also explore some websites that I had been wanting to explore, but didn't really have much of a chance to. So it's been um, a good time to learn and just branch out and do things a bit differently. But yes, they, they're learning new, con uh, new content and we're also reviewing and, you know, we're, I'm trying to really keep them learning and uh, stimulated. How engaged do you think that most of them are? They, even with the terrible connection we have, they still show up at our Zoom meetings. And um, I, I have maybe a couple that occasionally, you know, do not come. But I have been amazed of the attendance at our Zoom meeting. I think they really, I'm guessing it's really important for them to see each other. So um, that part is really good. Turning in the work, that's a bit of a different situation. And... Uh, you know, they are, I would say, maybe about half of them are fairly consistent. The other, not so much. How prepared do you, did you feel personally yourself and also the students to, to be able to do this? I mean, was there a pretty sharp learning curve in the beginning? It sounds like you were already using a lot of online platforms, but say like Zoom or just accessing, getting your lesson plans online. How, did, how prepared did you kind of feel for that jump? Uh, well, I think I was, in a way, I was prepared because I was not completely unfamiliar with the the tools that I was using. But it was definitely a steep learning curve. Learning curve, and um, yeah, for my students, I think the shock. You know, it's kind of like it's really a sense of loss for them, and there is grieving, there is a crisis, and then we ask them to be to do school at home. So even for the parents, you know, it just, uh, that's a lot. Whether a lot of the parents are working from home or they have, they're gone at work and then their kids have to do school. So the, the, the trickiest part has been for the home front. And, uh, you know, with me, I have an easy job because uh, my children are grown and so I don't have littles to, to deal with at home. And that makes a huge difference. So, yes. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Do you think that you would do anything differently in the beginning now that you know, now that you've done this for a few months? Do you feel like you've kind of gotten into a rhythm that you might have done something differently from the start? So you mean done something differently with this remote learning? Yeah. That's a good question. So uh, what I would have done differently is to probably keep it even simpler because, again, people are you know, reeling and just kind of in this crisis. And with me, it's just like, okay, let's get on. And there's, you know, I think I, I just uh, probably what I, pro what I offered was almost a little too much at first. So if I was to redo it, I would keep it super simple until um, students kind of got in the groove a little more. I think uh, we kind of hit the, the ground running probably a little too fast for some of them. But then I adjusted, you know, I slowed down and I realized, oh, I need to, we need to keep that one assignment up longer because <laughs> a lot of, most of them haven't done it yet. So I made adjustments accordingly. Right. What, what are some of the things that the students are telling you are the hardest for them? What have you kind of noticed? What are some of the challenges that you said? I mean, I know you said it's kind of this like loss. Have they verbalized anything specifically what that's like for them? Yeah, I think what they have lost is their social network. 
again, their real social network because, you know, they're fifth graders. So they're turning 11 and they get on the Google Hangout. They get on their phones with the different, uh, you know, connecting apps. And um, it's not like they don't see each other when within their close circle of friends, but they still can stand being separated. And so I think for them, that's one of the main losses. And the loss of structure, I think school does offer a routine, a place that feels safe, you know, a bunch of adults do care about you. And I think especially for the students that might have, uh, you know, challenging home situations, that gets really tricky. Gosh, yeah. I can only imagine having a difficult home life and trying to do academics at home, of course, would be very challenging. So I really feel for those students. School is hard enough to stay focused. If you have external distractions like that, that would be very challenging. Um, as far as things that might be different than you would have expected, things that you've learned personally, things your students are learning, observations you've made, just things that you wouldn't have expected, you know, pre-COVID-19 and, um, and going remote and virtual learning that you're seeing that maybe you just didn't expect. I think even some parents have uh, told me how the students are learning to be uh, a little more organized and self uh motivated. And, um, you know, I, in class, I speak to them a lot about (laughs) self-governance, you know, be your own boss. Don't wait for an adult to tell you what to do or try to, instead of dodging your education, embrace your education. So this hopefully with quite a few has helped them to grow in that direction, which is outstanding. And then for me, uh, you know, the one aspect I'm going to be extremely frank, but I don't really miss uh, managing uh, 26 students for an entire day. That's a lot, particularly with that age group. And so um, what I have developed, um, I do have an activity that we call uh, dialogue journals. And uh, it's an idea that I got from, you know, all the professional podcasts and this and that. But um, we do it uh, online, so via a Google Classroom assignment, we exchange letters, basically. And that has been actually very sweet, because even some of my students that you might say are quite disruptive in class, we're just kind of developing a little friendship, you know, just from exchanging letters. And I'm learning a lot more about them. They're learning more about me and seeing another side of me. And so that part has been very sweet. And part of me is kind of disappointed that we're not going to really have time back in class for me to see the difference it could have made because by next year, they'll be in sixth grade. But uh, yeah, I'm developing some really sweet rapport with students that uh, we were not there, you know, before this crisis. I'm so glad to hear that. That must be so special for both the students and for you to kind of get to know each other better. And I just think it's beautiful that in times of crisis like this, sometimes a shared experience can bring people together. And um, and I also think that I see people supporting each other in really beautiful ways during this time. So that's great to hear. As far as positive outcomes that you've seen um, so far or benefits um, that you're hoping that will come out of this long-term um, do you have any thoughts on positive outcomes? Well, we were discussing that with the students. We certainly have uh, all reduced our um, carbon footprint, right? 
so um, easier on the environment. And um, also learning, I think, uh, learning for the students to not depend on their peer group for, um, you know, uh, self for their own identity and their self-worth. So they're not really wording it that way, but I am really hoping that that will happen too, that they will realize, whoa, you know, I can be creative, I can entertain myself, I can uh, interact with my own family, and, you know, maybe I can, I can get by without seeing my friends constantly and so on. So I'm kind of hoping for that as well and to for individual students to kind of become become their own best friend, you know. Right. Yeah, I think that that's a lifelong tool that hopefully everybody learns at some point. But I think most of us much later than fifth grade. I know I'm still learning that. But I mean, that's key because, yeah, and it's interesting because school, right, social, the social aspect of school is so huge, right? Just coming to school and interacting with your peers. And there is kind of this performance that we all put on. So to kind of take that away for this extended period of time, yeah, I wonder kind of how that ends up evolving in their life. Interesting. Um, let's see, what else do I want to ask you? What are some things that you feel like that you're most worried about? Say that the kids are not learning or missing out on, or you're just concerned, you know, their mental health or, or you know, do you feel like there could be some long-term effects does that make sense? It totally does because, you know, basically they, they will have missed a third of their fifth grade. We were just one week into the third trimester. So about a third of a year, that's a big chunk. And um, so it will take us time and it might even take more than one year to really get them totally back on track. But um, I'm not too worried about, you know, I do have to be saying, honestly, my honor roll students have done extremely well with keeping up with all their work and their parents are right behind them. But I am concerned about widening the gap between the students who do have all the support they need and those who uh, don't have it quite so much. So I am seeing that. I'm seeing that the students who really need all the extra help and really need to be engaged are the least engaged oftentimes. So that's a concern. And as far as their mental health, I am actually so far rather pleasantly surprised. And also, Nina, um, you know, the weather is nice. So kids do get out in neighborhoods riding bikes. And uh, uh, there are very few homes where parents make them stay within their phone wall, four walls and only interact with their immediate family. Yeah, definitely. Getting outside for all of us, you know, kids and adults alike, it's so important to get some sunshine and to stretch our legs and, you know, still, uh, you know, get some exercise and some adventures in there if we can. So that's great to hear that your students are getting outside. But uh, thank you so much, Helen, for this time and for letting me ask you some questions. I really appreciate it. And good luck with the rest of your year. Thank you so much, Nina. My pleasure. The Sierra Institute for Community and Environment is a nonprofit located in Taylorsville, California, in the eastern Sierras of Plumas County. The Sierra Institute for Community and Environment's mission is to promote healthy and sustainable forests and watersheds by investing in the well-being of rural communities 
and strengthening their participation in natural resource decision-making and programs. If you have a story to share, please contact us by emailing me, Nina Martin, at admin, A-D-M-I-N, at sierrainstitute.us, or calling 530-927-9621.